This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. the name of Jesus. We bless the name of Jesus. Thank you, bless Father. You, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We thank give you, you all the glory. Oh, we thank you, Father. All we the thank honor. You, Father. All Hallelujah. the praise. We give thanks yes. unto you. We thank bless you, your Father. name. For Come on, let's bless his name. name. We bless you, Father. We bless you, Lord Jesus. You are worthy. There's none like you. We thank you for so great You're awesome in all you are. Awesome in all you do. Awesome in all you have, and we belong to you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We are yours, and we oh, worship we you. We set our oh, hearts upon you, you oh Lord, God. Our gaze is upon you. We, thank we you, look Lord. to you, Lord we Jesus. You, Lord. You're the author, thank you, the finisher of our faith. We, thank you, we bless you for your goodness, oh God. We thank you because you're the great God who keeps covenant. We thank you because you've been so good to us. We thank you because you're our healer. You delivered us from all sickness and disease. We thank you because you delivered us from sin and death. We thank you and we bless your name. You alone who is worthy. We adore you. We adore you, Father. We bless your holy name. You're awesome and holy. Awesome and holy. Awesome are you, our God. We delight our hearts in you. We delight alone in you, oh God. There's none like you. You're so good. You're so good. We thank you, Father. You called us by your name. You washed us in your blood, Lord Jesus. You redeemed us as your own. We're grateful. We're grateful for your faithfulness to us as a people and also as individuals. Thank you for loving us so much. Your love is so good. Your love is so great. It never ceases, Lord. Your love never ceases. Your mercy endures forever. Your mercy upon your people and your truth, Lord God, in our hearts, oh God, to every generation. We bless you for it. 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 Let's just lift our hands and bless him. We bless you, Father. We bless you as your word says, lifting up holy hands, blessing you, Lord, in your sanctuary. We're not just in a building. We're in your sanctuary. Your presence is here, oh, Father. Your presence is here. And we welcome you, Holy Ghost. Have your way. Have your way. Change lives today. 
save, heal, and deliver, not just in this place, Lord. Lord, in dorm rooms, oh God, it's not too hard for you to go forth and minister to them while we're here, oh God. Touch hearts in these dorm rooms, oh God. Touch hearts throughout this campus, oh God. Touch hearts throughout this city, throughout this region, oh God, throughout this state, throughout this nation, and throughout the nations of the world. We ask of you, the nations, in the uttermost parts of the earth for our possession, oh God, the possession of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We call them forth, oh God. We call them forth from the north, from the south, from the east and the west into your assembly, oh God, to be with you, to be with your people. We say come forth, be born again in the name of Jesus. We call them forth, oh God. Thrust out your labors, oh God. Thrust them out, oh God. Give them boldness, give us boldness, oh God. Thank you, Lord. To speak as we ought to speak oh, of your love, of your goodness, of your grace, oh God. Of your forgiveness, of your mercy, of your truth, of your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We are yours. Use us as you desire. Father, thank you for your life. Thank you for sending Jesus. This time when we celebrate him in this time of year, oh God. Let us display him. Let us display the gift that you sent over 2,000 years ago, Father. Let us display him. Let us be the light, the joy to the world, oh God. Let us be those people, those individuals, that body. Let the world see again. The light that walked in boldness in the earth, oh God. Let him see again the love that laid down his own life for them, oh God. Let him see again the truth that is everlasting. Only as you can, Holy Spirit, do it through us. Do it here today. Each heart. Heal, deliver, restore. Only as you can. Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Father, we invoke the authority of that name now over this time together, over everyone assembled here at Passion Church. We thank you for that governing authority, that power, that will of heaven is being done in our lives. Father, we open our hearts, our minds, all that we have, all that we are, we open up to the authority of that name that the will of heaven may be done in this place today, O oh God. The will of God in our minds, in our spirits, in our flesh, in our finances, in our family, 
in our church, in our city. At that name, every authority contrary must bow its knee and heaven must come into alignment. Our lives come into alignment with heaven's will. Health, healing, deliverance, provision. Thank you, Lord. Heaven's will accomplished in our lives, in our city. Father, may righteousness reign again in our nation by the authority of the name of Jesus. Righteousness in our government. Righteousness in our institutions. Righteousness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, I thank you, Lord. You're at work in our nation. You're at work in our nation, oh God. I thank you, Lord, that the kingdoms of this world, the authority of this world's kingdom is being shaken. And your authority is being established in this nation, O oh God. Righteousness and truth, equity and justice. Thank you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Well, welcome to Passion Church this morning. We're so glad that you're here. Why don't you shake someone's hand? Just greet them in the name of Jesus. Then you can be seated. Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome, welcome this morning. Glad you braved the cold weather. You got out. Hallelujah. We're so glad you're here. Good to see everybody. Morning, brother. Hallelujah. Well, good to see everybody. Smile. Jesus is on the throne. That means everything's okay. Amen. And if it's not, we got the secret to making it okay. The name that is above every name. That's what we're talking about this month. The name that has all authority. Hallelujah. You know, everything that comes into our life is endeavoring to exercise authority. Whether it's sickness, whether it's lack, whether it's worry, whether it's fear, everything has a degree of authority. Now, when we yield to that thing, we allow its authority to govern in that area of our life, don't we? Amen. You allow worry to govern, it'll govern. It'll absolutely wear your mind and emotions down to a nub. (laughs) Amen? But you know what? If we learn to live under God's kingdom and God's authority, that name, hallelujah, He's the Prince of Peace. Glory. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. All right. But this morning, I want to welcome everybody again, and especially if you're here for the first time. Uh, we're so glad that you're here at Passion Church. Um, I'm Pastor Norris Brass. I'm the lead pastor here. We welcome you. Glad you're here. In a moment or two, when we 
prepare for uh, our offering and everything, the usher's going to pass out a little red and white information card. If you take a moment or two, fill that out. We'd appreciate it. I'll reach out to you, contact you, and just let you know we appreciate so much your being here. In Philippians 4, we know the scripture here, but I want to read it again in the light of what we're studying about because we're talking about this month, the name of Jesus, and of course the authority that's in that name. And Paul here is writing back to the Philippians, and the Philippians were partners with Paul in the gospel ministry. And what you're doing as you give of your tithes and offerings each week, you are participating with the gospel ministry. Now notice what Paul said, because what he said to them is true for you. Amen? Because we got the same Savior, amen, the same Lord, the same gospel, the same gospel mandate, the same commission as he had. Thank you for your enthusiasm. He said, it was good for you to share my troubles. He said, you know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. Wow. The Philippians got a hold of something that the other churches hadn't yet at the writing, this writing with a, a Paul's letter here, they hadn't got a hold of yet. And that is what? A participation through giving of their finances. Now, you know, in the Old Testament, this principle was established that those who sinned and those who stay with the stuff get an equal share in the reward. And so what the, the, the church at Philippi, what they understood was when they participated, and this is what Paul's letting them know, when you participate by your giving in the gospel ministry, you're getting an equal share in the reward. Wow. That's important for you to remember that. That's, that's enough to give right there, isn't it? Because every life touched, every life changed, every church planted around the world because of your giving, all of the lives that are changed there, you get an equal share. Glory to God, where's my wallet? But it, that, that's good enough reason to give right there, but it gets better, even better. He says, not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. Well, what account is that? Well, you may have a checking account. You may have a savings account. You may have a money market account. You may have investments. But this account is a heavenly account. Boy, I like that. No inflation in heaven. No devaluations in heaven. No, no ups and downs with the stock market in heaven. Man, that stock's just, it, it's hit the top and it's just staying there. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> He said, I'm amply surprised I received everything, but here's where I want to go. He says, it's well, it's an offering that's acceptable, sacrifice, pleasing to God. Now notice what Paul says here. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Now, how's he going to meet your needs? Not according to your job. Now, listen, it's right to work. It's good to have a job. But listen. That's not what I'm looking to to meet my needs. Because if you do, you're going to get fearful about your job. As soon as the economy goes down, people start talking about layoffs, you're going to think about, oh, what's going to happen if I, if I lose my job? He didn't say, now my God's going to supply all your needs according to what? Your job. 
according to your investments, according to what the stock market does, according to what the, uh, the money exchange rates might be. No, he said, according to what? His riches and glory. How? By the authority of Christ Jesus. When we give, now get, get a hold of this. When you give of your tithes and offerings for the gospel ministry, you know what you're doing? You're putting all of your finances under the authority of Jesus. Not only the 10% of whatever you're giving, but the, the 90 that's left over too. That, now that's come under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, but you've put your job, your business, if you're a business owner, whatever you do, you've put that, you brought that under the authority. Did you know because of you, God will cause the, the business that you either own or the business you work for to prosper? Anybody remember Joseph? Well, I know Potiphar wasn't a worshiper of God, was he? But because Joseph belonged to God and was under that authority, as he began to touch everything that belonged to Potiphar, it began to prosper. And Potiphar had this much, he had this much good sense. Uh, you know what? I need to promote that boy. I don't know what it is, but everything he touches, man, it blesses me. And they can, listen, God can still do that at your job when it's time for promotion because the blessing of God will be upon your life. You know why? Because you put your finances under the authority of the kingdom of heaven through the name of Jesus. You know? And so not only are you laying up an account, not only are you participating in an equal share of all the lives that are changed by this, but you are also bringing your finances, your job, your business under the blessing of heaven. Wow. So hold on to your money if you want to. But I would suggest that this is a pretty good deal. This is a pretty good investment, isn't it? I want to thank you for your giving. But listen, now listen, church. This doesn't, this happens when you act upon it and you believe it. And you know, if we believe it, action is automatic, isn't it? Once you believe, the next step is just to do, isn't it? Well, if you're giving this morning, you hold your offering. And Father, this morning as we give, and Father, even others who may not be giving this morning, but they also are participants, they are givers. Father, I thank you that in the name of Jesus, that all of our finances, come under your authority now. Our jobs, our workplace, our investments, all of our uh, finances, Lord, they come under the authority of the name and the kingdom of Jesus right now. Father, you said, Father, if what we give is holy, then the whole lump also is holy and sanctified. I thank you, Father, for raises and pay. I thank you, Father, for promotions. I thank you for people who own their own business or are self-employed. Father, I thank you that business is multiplying. Father, I thank you that, that it's incredible. Our investments, Father, I thank you. They come under the authority of the name of Jesus, the blessing of heaven. 
receive our gifts now. We give them for the work of the kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for your giving. Praise God. Glad to see everybody here. Everybody get a little snow this weekend at your house? A little bit? How many of you got out in it? Three, four, five people. <laughs> Did you really? Wow. You still got a little bit around then on the ground somewhere. Uh-oh. That ain't good, is it? Wow. Well, sorry about that. We got a little dusty. Oh, I know that. Well, if you will, turn to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read the scripture there. All this month, our series is about the wonderful name of Jesus. The wonderful name of Jesus. You know, we learned last week that all authority has been given to the name of Jesus Christ. He said that. In the, in the great, what we call the Great Commission, he said, All authority has been given unto me, both in heaven and earth. Therefore, or because of this, you go in my name. That means what? We are authorized to go in his name. He said, Preach the gospel, break demonic strongholds, isn't that right? And heal the sick. And he said, You do that, what? On, based on the authority of his name. As a child of God, we have that authority. It's been delegated to us. Now, that authority, it works no matter who you are. If you're a child of God, it works. doesn't matter whether you're male, female, old, young, middle-aged. 
doesn't matter whether you're white, black, whatever. It doesn't matter. Authority works, doesn't it? It'll work when we work it. So we're going to look at this a little bit more in another area today about the name of Jesus because we've been commissioned and authorized to use that name. So we're going to take a look at it, especially a little bit in the book of Acts today. But we really want to relate to it when it comes to one of those areas that Jesus talked about, and that is the area of healing. Amen? If there's anything humanity needs and the church needs, it's healing for the mind, healing for the body. Isn't that true? We need healing. Now listen, let me just say this. Thank God for all that medical science does and can do. We're glad for that. Absolutely. But they are limited. Isn't that true? We're, we're glad for all they can do. Avail yourself of what they can do for you. But we know that they are limited. But God is not limited. Isn't that true? So here Matthew one twenty one, this is the angel is speaking. He said uh, in, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, let me find my verse there. He said, well, that's not the verse I wanted. In Matthew, he talks about, he said, well, let's, let's look down in verse 24. We'll just look down there. Well, let's back up to 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with a child and will call it... And will give, uh, give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and, Mary, and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until he gave birth to a son, and he gave him what? The name of Jesus. In another place, it says that you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And the word Jesus, that's what it means. It means Savior, doesn't it? It means Deliverer. This is what, uh, uh, when Jesus came, He came to save and to deliver the whole man. Amen? The whole man, spirit, soul, and body. He came for healing and wholeness for, that, for the whole man. And when we look at this name and how the name is ours and how it's been given to us to use, especially as we look in the book of Acts, we gain some insight about how the church began to use that name. And you know, sometimes, uh, I think in the modern church era, we have lost touch with the understanding of the authority and the power behind the authority of the name of Jesus. Now, we may speak the name a lot, we, may, we write about it a lot in our, our, in our songs and everything, but really, when it gets right down to it, in our heart of hearts, what do we believe about that name? Is it just a name like any other name? Is it just happened to be the name that God picked out to call His Son? Could have called Him anything else, but He called Him Jesus. I personally believe that name was picked by God on purpose because of who Jesus is, what Jesus accomplished, and what Jesus is still doing. We know this from Hebrews chapter 13. It says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Now, that name yesterday was important because we look back 
Yesterday, for us, would be Calvary, so that was a pretty important thing, wasn't it? Without Calvary, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. If we didn't have Calvary, everything else would be useless, wouldn't it? So thank God for what that name did at that day and in that time, and thank God for the future. I'm glad we've got hope for the future, don't you? That Jesus, one day Jesus is coming back. The resurrection of the dead, all of those things that that are ahead for us in the future. I'm so glad about that, aren't you? That's important. But he said he's also the same today. And right now, that's where I'm living. I'm living today, aren't you? Today is when I'm facing certain needs in my life. Today is when I'm needing a Savior. Today is when I'm needing forgiveness. Today is when I'm needing peace. Today is when I'm needing healing for my body. Isn't that right? It's today. And so I want to speak about that name from the, from, the, from, the, uh, from the location of today. And you know what I mean by that? I mean right now where we're living. Thank God for what Jesus was. And we're going to look at it in the book of Acts in Peter's day. Thank God for what he was then. Thank God for what he's going to do if we read ahead about some of the prophecies and in Revelations about that great day when Jesus is going to return and the dead in Christ shall Thank God for that day. But, you know, we want to talk about today. Because today is where you and I are living. Each generation has to discover the authority and the power behind the authority of that name of Jesus to bring deliverance, to bring forgiveness, to bring healing, to bring wholeness to our lives and to our generation. And that's what it's about, the name of Jesus. The name has been given to us. We know that. Look over just by way of review real quickly in Mark 6, 16, excuse me, Mark 16. And we're going to begin reading there in about verse 16. Well, we'll back up to 15. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will. Now, we're going to read what they said, but notice what he said. In my name they will. In my name they will. In other words, by the authority of his name, this is what believers will do. Amen? So this is something that we as believers should be doing in his name. Not because of my righteousness, not because I've got all my ducks in a row, not because I'm perfect or I've arrived or anything like that. It's because what? Of the authority He has given to us as a part of His church, His body, in His name to do this. Remember, we talked last week about authority in the natural. Policeman gets out there. He holds up his hand. Doesn't matter whether he's tall or short, male or female. It doesn't matter. If he is duly appointed authority, he can get out there. Doesn't matter if he's he's feeling uh, as low as low can be, or if he's as happy as happy can be, authority still works, doesn't it? All he's got to do is what? Is he will act upon the authority that's delegated to him by a governing authority. In that case, it's depending on what it is, whether it's local or state or federal, whatever it is. But that he, when he holds up his hand, that authority, what stops all the vehicles? Authority. 
And so Jesus said, now I'm delegating this authority to you, and this is what I want you and what you will and what you can do with it. All right, now listen to this. He said, in my name they will drive out demons. How many of you know demons are still around? Even in this enlightened, technological, scientific, advanced age, there are still demons. All right, listening. I wish I could report that they weren't, but they are. And Paul said that we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. What's the, well, I mean, what's the greatest camouflage in the world? To convince people that you don't exist. Then you can operate, I mean, any way you want to. Nobody even knows that you're doing it. Wow, what a cam- talk about a, a camouflage. I mean, you're, most people, demons are not even showing up on their radar because they don't believe they're real. Even a lot of church people. Well, that was, you know, that was back in those days when they were superstitious. This has nothing to do with superstition. This has to do with creation. This has to do with reality. <clears throat> he says, in my name they will what? Drive out demons. You know, you can always tell demonic activity because Jesus said it steals, it kills, and it destroys, and it's always completely opposite to the nature in the kingdom of God. You want to know if, it, if that's God doing something or if that's a, the uh, demons doing something? All you got to do is look at the activity. What is, it, what is it producing? God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear. So if, if fear is really trying to come on you and, and dominate your mind and rule you and all of that, guess what that is? It's a spirit of fear. You take the name of Jesus and you use your authority in that name and you drive him away. Come on. Oh, I would just feel funny doing that. Well, it'll work whether you feel funny or you feel sad. Don't matter. Authority works. Don't matter how you feel. It don't work because you feel a certain way. Man, I, you know, of course, your electricity's been interrupted, but when it's not interrupted, and that's another whole other lesson to teach right there, but when it's not interrupted, it doesn't matter how you feel in the morning when you get up. You flip on the switch, the light comes on. Electricity don't care how you feel. They don't look at you and say, well, you know what? He ain't feeling good. We're not working. Authority works. But here's the thing. It works if you work it. Now, see, if you don't use your authority, the devil will come in and eat your lunch and pop your bag. You know what I mean by that? You know, when we went to school, we didn't have lunch boxes. Some people did, but we had brown paper bags, you know, and they put the lunch in it, and you take it to school, you know, we'd blow it, you know, especially the boys. That bag was only good for one day because we're going to blow that thing up and pop it. But, you know, some bully or something that take, take your lunch away from you, your lunch bag, and they'd eat your lunch and then pop your bag. Well, that's what the devil wants to do and is doing, unfortunately, to many believers. But it doesn't have to be that way. Because you've been given authority. Yeah, but I just don't feel too spiritual. What's that got to do with it? Where did he say in here, those that feel spiritual in my name? I I don't see that in there. You're adding that. 
They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink any poison, deadly poison thing, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Anybody know anybody sick? Well, guess what? You're authorized in the name of Jesus to put your hands on them so that they can get well. Yeah, but. Yeah, but you just don't know. Well, I know this. We just read this. You read it in your Bible? I hope you bring your Bible and follow along on it, on your phone or, or, or bring in your Bible or whatever. But this right there, that's black and white. This is what Jesus said. Listen, if this is not true and Jesus said this, then how can we believe anything else Jesus said true that's in this Bible? We can't select what we believe and what we don't believe. I mean, you can, but... You're going to suffer for it. You can't say that one thing Jesus said is true because you like it and agree with it, but something else is not true because you don't agree with it. You know, I don't, I don't adjust the Bible to my theology. I adjust my theology to the Bible. Amen. Because I found out a long time ago that I don't know nearly as much as I might think I know. And it's possible, as smart as you are, that you might not know everything. Possible. This name is given to men, is given to us as believers, all authority. He said all authority has been given that. If he has all authority, then that means he's got what? All authority. But that also means he's delegated some to you and I. Are you listening? Now, you don't have all authority. Are you listening? Because if you had all authority, Jesus couldn't have all authority. Isn't that right? If I had all the money in the world, how much could you have? <laughs> but if I had all the uh, money in the world and I gave you a million dollars, how much would you have? So you could do whatever that million dollars could do. Isn't that right? Well, He's given us authority in His name and, and, and to a certain degree, and especially as it comes applied to our life. Here's the rule you can go by. If you want to know how much authority you have in Jesus' name, it's according to responsibility. If you're responsible for something under God, then you have authority. See, that's why I can't use my authority to fix your life. Because I'm not responsible to fix your life. Oh, yes, you are, Pastor. No, I'm not. That's way over my pay grade. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to teach you. I'm here to encourage, help you and all those things. But I can't do it for you. You take this authority and you exercise it in your life, in your family, in your circumstances, in your situation. Are you listening? Now, if you're willing to do that, I can come into agreement with your authority, okay? And that will help it work that much more powerful, but I can't just decide whether you want it or not that I'm just going to do it for you. Jesus has all authority, and He don't do that. Well, you know, compared to all authority, I've got very small authority by comparisons, so I certainly can't make everything right in your life. Come on. 
All right, let's talk about healing, particularly in, that, in this name. Let's look over in Acts chapter 3. He said right there, we read in Mark, where he said, In my name, he said, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will get well or they will recover. So what's our part when it comes to sick people? We lay our hands on them, what? In the name. Now, don't let that just be a religious tagline. You know, like at the end of prayer. Why don't we say at the end of praying, and we're going to talk a whole lesson on prayer in authority, the authority of the name of Jesus. But why do we say in the name of Jesus when we end our prayer? Because that's, that's how we're making our petition, is by the authority of the name of Jesus, who is our high priest at the right hand of the Father, who is ever living to make intercession for us. Isn't that right? So he's our advocate. So when we make a request of the Father, we pray in the authority of that name. And he said, when you pray in the authority of that name, he says, you're going to get what you ask for. Whoa. Well, that's another lesson. Acts chapter 3. Let's look at, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to kind of summarize it, but you know the story of Peter here with, uh, with the beggar at the beautiful gate. It says, one day Peter and John were going to the temple. And it says, at the time of prayer, about three in the afternoon, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate every day. And, and you know, there he would beg for alms. It says, uh, well, as they went in to pray, he asked them for money. Put, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. Now, notice that statement. What I have, I give to you. What I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now, here we see Jesus uh, or Peter knowing two things. Knowing, one, what he had been given, what he possessed. He said, what I have, I'm going to give to you. Why? He said, I've re because he was there personally when Jesus said this. When Jesus made that statement in Mark 16, J Peter was standing right there in his presence, wasn't he? But you know what? It doesn't mean that he had authority that you don't have. Now, I'm not talking about in his role as an apostle. I'm talking about as a believer. Are you listening? As a believer, we also have that name. As a believer, he said that you would lay hands on the sick, and what would they do? They'd get well. They would recover. They would get well. He said, what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand. What did he do when he took him by the right hand? He touched him, didn't he? He helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong, and he jumped to his feet. And he began to, you know, he went leaping and praising and jumping into the courts and praising God. Man, he just interrupted the whole church service. I'm sure there were some people saying, hey, what you doing here, man? Calm down. Come on. It'd be nice to have some services where we had to calm some people down, wouldn't it? Because God had done something. I'm not talking about 
just a show of emotion. But I'm telling you what, if you've been crippled from your mother's womb and all of a sudden you're, compl- you're, you're instantly healed, you might be doing some jumping and shouting too, as reserved as you are. It says, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who had used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And, you know, and he goes on in verse 11, it says, while the beggar held on to Peter and John, I don't blame him, I'd be holding on to him too. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, he's probably thinking, what else can I get here? You know, it's amazing to me, but I, I've noticed this, that, that, and when I say, you understand when I say, when I use the term religion, I'm talking about in the sense that it doesn't uh, uh, agree with God's Word. See, because we can get some religious ideas. And I've seen through the years of this, being at this, uh, you know, for, for quite some time now, nearly 35 years of ministry, that, that, religi- that there's a lot of religious thinking where people are expecting the minimum from God. And, and, and it's unfortunate in a lot of pulpits that has almost been encouraged. Now, don't be expecting too much from God. Don't get your hopes up. Well, I read in the Bible, it says to get your hopes up. <laughs> but see, this guy, he was holding on to it because, man, he thought, man, if I got this, what else might I get? God's not stingy. God's not going to save you just enough so you can get in through the back door of heaven. And the door hits you on the way in. Wow. Whew. Managed to get in. No. The Bible says where sin did abound, grace does. One translation says it superabounds. Wow. God's not just barely saving people. You're not just barely getting by. You're not just going to barely make it into heaven. Thank you for your enthusiasm. It says, the people were astonished, came running up. Peter saw this. He said to them, he said, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Now listen, why do you stare at us as if our own power or godliness had made this man walk? Now see, religious people say, well, that's because Peter was an apostle. Well, that's not what Peter said. He said it wasn't because of us. We didn't heal the man. It wasn't because we were holy. It wasn't because we are apostles. It wasn't because, come on. Isn't that what he says here? He said, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. And he goes on, talks about you handing him over. And he said, he goes on down to say, it is Jesus' name and faith. Everybody say, in the faith. And the faith that comes through him that has given complete healing to him, as you can all see. So what healed this man at the beautiful gate? Faith in the name of Jesus. It wasn't because an apostle did it. Because Peter said that real clearly, didn't he? He said, don't think it's because of us. See, some people get this out of, well, they, that was the apostle. He could do that. Well... He might have done it as an apostle, but the only reason he was an apostle and the only reason he could do it as an apostle was because of what? Of the name of Jesus. 
And he's given us that name. He's given you that name. And he says that if you lay hands, you will put your hands on people who are sick and believe in the authority of the name of Jesus, they'll get better. So I would just encourage you, when you have opportunity and there are sick people around, just go do it. Yeah, but I don't feel like I'm spiritual. What's that got to do with it? If you've got faith to lay your hands on them in the name of Jesus, then you know what? It'll work. I remember hearing a story told about a lady years ago. This is way back before, almost just before the turn of the previous century. You know, she, she grew up out in the country. Uh, you know, her folks had gone in when she was just a child, just a baby, you know, in the mid-1800s and settled the land there in Texas. You know, in those days, you know, they could go out and just, you know, if you, you filed a claim, you could just, you know, claim so many acres. And they had this big farm and everything in the process of time. She grew up, married a neighboring farm boy and everything. And uh, so, uh, you know, and, and then, of course, you know, they had a family and their sons were grown and they would go out you know, to work in the fields, and, you know, and then there, there she was all day long. She didn't have anything to do. You know, she'd get, the, you know, she'd get her housework done. She was done. She didn't, she didn't have anything to do because, she, you know, she had a, had a big farm, and they had sons and everybody, and they were managing the farm. So what she would do in those days, they, they, they had moved into, a, you know, the, out, the suburbs or whatever into the city, and they would go out and work the farm and everything and then come home at night. So she'd catch, used to have trolley cars in those days, around the turn of the century, you know, about the 1900. So she'd just, she'd just get on. She read this verse one day about laying hands in the name of Jesus. She said, well, you know, uh, you know she grew up. Uh, the closest school when she was growing up was 50 miles away. Well, you can't ride a horse back and forth 100 miles in a day to go to school. So she, you know, she didn't really have any education. She said, well, I can't, you know, I can't teach, I can't preach. But she said, man, I've been working with my hands all my life. So she just started, you know, she'd ride to different parts of town. She'd start stop people on the street and just ask them, you know, anybody, you know, you know, any sick people, especially in those days, a lot of sick people at home, you know. Well, yeah, somebody's down here sick. She'd, she'd just go over there and knock on the door and said, you know, I just wanted to come visit you, cheer you up. She might read a little bit from the Scriptures from wherever. She'd visit them about two, three times. About the third time, she'd read this verse and say, you know, would you mind if I just laid hands on you? They said, no, go right ahead. She's getting people healed left and right. People bed fast. People had given up to die. She didn't have no special anointing. She wasn't an apostle. She wasn't called to, except in the sense that we're called. So if it worked for her, it'll work for you. Remember, authority don't care what your background is. They don't doesn't care what your ethnicity is, what your race is. None of that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're, you know, you've got more degrees than a thermometer or you're not educated at all. It'll still work. Authority works. You've been given the authority. How much authority you've been given to lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus? That's, that's all your part is. You don't have to heal them. You don't have to talk them into getting healed. You just lay hands on them in the name of Jesus. That's your, that's your part. Then... The healing is God's part. You know, God always does the heavy lifting in the thing, doesn't He? I sure am glad. All right, let's look at another, some others real quickly. Acts 4, in verse 30. 
you know this, this is Peter and John, you know, they've been brought before the Sanhedrin because of the man that was healed in chapter 3 there. You know, and they had threatened them and done all this thing and put them in prison and all of that. And now they'd gone out and had gone back, you know, to their own company. And they had just prayed a prayer. And right at the end of this prayer, notice what they said. Father, stretch out your hand to heal and perform uh, miracles and signs and wonders through the name of the apostles. Through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. See, now they, all of a sudden, now they've taken it to a whole nother level, hadn't they? They moved from healing to here. They're looking, they're talking about here now, going from healing, they're talking about not only healing, but miraculous signs and wonders. What? Through the name of Jesus. Listen, the church, listen, church, the world wants reality. They don't want to just come to a good service. They don't want to just, I mean, all that's fine and good. But listen, where's the reality at? That's what they're wanting to know. If this Jesus is Jesus, if this God is God, then you know what? There should be some signs following. And one of them is healing. Isn't that right? One of them is healing. Well, what about, you know, these special signs and miraculous things? Listen, let's walk before we run. Amen? You know, don't, don't jump out there and strip a spiritual gear. Don't get a spiritual hernia. Let's start out with what? Using our authority to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover by the authority and the power of Jesus' name. See, with authority, authority is only as good as the power backing it up. Isn't that true? See, if I get out there on I-85 which I'm not going to do. But if I wanted to get out there on I-85 and hold up my hand after I left church this morning, buddy, I'd better start dodging some cars awful quick. You know why? I'm not authorized to do that. There's no power behind me to cause people to recognize my authority and stop. They're going to blow their horn at me and they're going to, Probably have a few choice words to say too. That idiot, get that. There's an idiot on I 85 out there who thinks he's a policeman. But now, if, if, if I pulled up in a police car and I had the blue lights on and then I was standing by the car and I had my uniform on, police uniform on, and I held up my hand, you know what they're going to do? Because they recognize that there is validity to that authority. There's power behind it. Well, behind the name of Jesus is the power of God. This is why these people were healed. When they acted on the authority of that name, then God's power began to move to back up. Why? Because it was His authority delegated to them. I mean, wouldn't it be foolish if a policeman arrested somebody in the act of a crime and the evidence was there that they committed a crime, but then the governing authority behind them said, we're going to let them go free anyway. 
How would that, what do you think if that, every time a police officer or somebody in that capacity did that, and every time they did that and arrested somebody and, and used that authority, but yet they got to go free? Pretty soon he'd say, well, I'm not even, even going to bother. Just let them commit the crime. Hello? But, you know, in the church, sometimes that's what's happened. We won't even act on the authority. Someone says, I'm just, I'd love to see the power of God. Well, you're going to have to act on some authority before you see any power. Isn't that right? If the policeman needs to stop cars, I mean, he can sit on the side of the road all day long and the cars whizz up and down I-85 going 70, 75 miles an hour. Not one car, not one truck, you know, not one motorcycle is going to stop until what? He gets out there and exercises authority. Maybe some of you, the devil's been eating your lunch and popping your bag. And you're praying to God, God. Do something about the devil, eating my lunch and popping my bag. God says, I've already done something about it. I did it at Calvary. Now I've given you authority in my name. Now you do something. Get out there and say, stop. When you say stop, then he's got to stop. If he don't stop, that's when I back it up. And the devil's already had some of that backing up stuff from God. So he says, signs and wonders. We, we, we see this also, look over in James 5 real quickly. We see this even when it comes to the prayer of faith for healing, that it's done in the name of Jesus. We could quote this, but let's read it. James 5, verse 14. <clears throat> Well, let's back up to verse 13. I like this too. Is any of you in trouble? He should pray. Y'all ever see that there? He should pray. Before you call me and everybody else in the church, nothing wrong with that. But I, I want to know something. Have you prayed? I'm going to pray, but, you know, my authority is limited. You're the one that has the greatest say in your life. Isn't that right? What if I just, you know, I just showed up your, your, your door one day, you know, ring, rung your doorbell, knocked on your door, and you're like, Pastor Norris is here. And so you're gracious, and I didn't tell you I was coming or anything. You invited me in, and I started, you know, going through your, uh, your cupboards and looking at everything, and then going to your bathroom, start looking in you. Hello. What would you think? Y'all being nice. You know what you... It's not what you think that would bother me. It's probably what you would do. You'd probably show me the door. Or at least you ought to. But see, why? I don't have a right to do that. Do I? Now, I can go through the drawers in my house. That's fine, because why? I have a right to do that. But in your life, you have the authority. So I said, anybody in trouble? He should pray. I'll pray with you, yeah. But you know, it's your prayers that's going to make the big difference, not mine. Whoa, boy, that's turned everything upside down. Boy, I just know if I can get the pastor to pray. 
Not if you're not praying. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Hallelujah. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. What's the name of the Lord? Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Amen. In the name of the Lord. I anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus. In what? The authority. I'm invoking authority. We know that the oil has nothing to do with healing, does it? I mean, you could immerse yourself in a swimming pool full of oil and it wouldn't make you well. Are you listening? That's just a point of contact for a faith and the authority of the name of Jesus so that we say at that point, okay, the authority of the name of Jesus is being invoked here at this, from this point, moment forward. I consider myself what? Recovering. I'm recovering. Every believer, if sickness is attached attacked your body, you should be in recovery mode immediately following it. Amen? You should immediately go into recovery mode by the name and the authority of Jesus. You can pray for yourself. In this case, you can call for some of the elders here. We will pray with you. We will agree with you. But here's the thing. If you are not exercising authority in the name of Jesus over the sickness that's attacked your body, I can't ultimately do that. Now, you, do you remember John 5 about the pool of Bethesda? you remember that, relating that incident? They had five porches there. It was full of sick people, infirm people, all kinds of things. At a certain time of the year, an angel came down, stirred the waters. The first one in was healed. Remember that story? Well, see, that's a type of the, of the sovereignty and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In the gifts of the Holy Spirit move, and the sovereignty of God, it doesn't matter how much faith you got or don't have. Because God's initiating that. God's doing that. All they had to do was be the first one in the water. If they got in the water, they were going to get well, wasn't it? Didn't say one word about what kind of faith they had, how much faith they had, or anything like that, did it? It's just they got in the war. When the gifts of the Spirit move and operate in the sovereignty of God, you can be healed that way. Hallelujah, it's wonderful. You don't, even, you don't even have to have all that much faith. I mean, you can just be, as a matter of fact, sometimes even a sinner can get healed that way because that's the sovereignty of God. But see, we're talking about the authority of God. When God's not moving that way, are we, are we subject? Are we just got to wait until God decides He wants to heal us? You know, and if, you know, I guess I'm going to die because God hadn't decided He wanted to heal me. Well, that's one way. But God's got a better way that's a 100% way all the time, and that is what? Is that you will take authority over that sickness and disease in the name of Jesus, and you can have healing and wholeness can come to you. Real quickly, look in Philippians i got to close. My time's winding down here. And I want to take a moment or two to pray. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, Therefore God has exalted him, he's speaking of Jesus, to the highest place. If God designates a place to be the highest place, can there be a higher place? Because we're talking about God here doing this. 
So it says that God exalted him to the highest place. What's he referring to? Authority, position, authority. And gave him the name that is above what? Every name. Every sickness has a name. Every sickness has a certain degree of authority that it is endeavoring to exercise in your body. Authority over your heart, authority over your lungs, authority over your blood, authority over your limbs. It's got a name. You ever, if you've ever been in the doctor's office and, and, and had the unpleasant experience where they diagnose something like that, they always put a name on it. Sometimes one of these long names, you know, just tell me in regular English what it is, you know, and I get this big Latin name out there. But it's got a name, doesn't it? Cancer is a name. Leukemia is a name. Diabetes is a name. Everything's got a name, hasn't it? Now notice what he says here. God has exalted him and gave him a name that is what? Above every name. So it's above whatever, what? has been named that is exerting authority over your body. Now remember, Paul said this. He said, you are, your body has been bought with a price, and you're not your own. That your body is the temple, the dwelling place of God. Isn't that right? Well, how many of you would like to live in a house that's being eaten up with rot and termites and you know if you, you don't know if you take, get up in the morning your feet might go through the floorboards and you're in you're down standing down on the ground you don't want to live in a place like that do you why would God isn't that right why would God want to live there he said he said you've been bought with a price Paul said in Romans 8 he said the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead what he quickens, he can quicken, make alive your mortal body. So you know he's talking about your body there because he says your mortal body. Amen. So you can't be talking about in heaven because you're going to have an immortal body there. You won't need healing when you get to heaven. We put, why all these people, you know, putting everything off to heaven? Listen, you're not going to need this in heaven because you're going to have a, a, a brand new body. Hallelujah. Not subject to death, decay, or any such thing. But what we need is we need healing now, don't we? I need strength now. And he said it's a name above every name. So here's the thing. When sickness, disease, whatever it might be, attacks your body, it's got a name. And it's endeavoring to exercise authority. Isn't that right? But, you know, you can either lay down and just say, well, I guess this is what God wants. I mean, if somebody broke into your house, would you just say, oh, let me help you load this stuff on. I'm sure this is the will of God. Oh, and by the way, I, I had, I've got $1,000 hid back here you didn't know about. Let me get that for you. Would you is that the way you react? But it's amazing to me that sickness or disease can attack our body, and we've got this religious mindset. Well, the will of God be done. Well, I'm all for that if you understand what the will of God is. The will of God is what? Is that with long life, He will satisfy you and show you His salvation. Amen? That as your days, so shall your strength be. That's the will of God. Isn't that right? 
Jesus went about doing good, making everybody sick. No, it says he went about doing good and healing all those oppressed by the devil. Jesus said, every kingdom divided against itself, what? Will not stand. So if God's making you sick and he's also healing you, by Jesus' words, his kingdom will not last. That's crazy, isn't it? But see, that's what religious thinking will do to you. Name above every name. Every name has a certain degree of authority attached to it. But Jesus' name has all authority. This is why when we resist the devil, when we break the power of the devil, when we use his name to do that, what? The devil has to flee. Why? Because the name of Jesus is greater authority. You know, I've given you this silly illustration before, but it'd be like you calling me up and saying, Pastor Norris, would you come over and help me? There's a big old sow in my house. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's a, man, I, I don't know why. I'd, you know, and then, you know, they'd lie to me about it. I don't know how it got in here. <laughs> I guess it come through the keyhole, right? <laughs> But anyway, you know, and I come over there, you know, and, you know, and you, you're, you're exercising your authority, and I'm, you know, I'm helping you out too, and we get that thing out of there. A couple of days later, you call me up, Pastor Norris, that pig is back again. <laughs> well, how'd he get in there? I don't know. <laughs> See, if we let the pig in... The pig will come in. You know, I'm using that as a little story. If we let the devil come in and torment us, if we let the devil come in and bring fear and worry on us, if we let the enemy come in and put sickness there and we don't resist and we don't use our authority, we don't use the name of Jesus, then hey, you know, there's no use us saying, well, I guess this is God's will. No, it's your will. You let the doggone pig in. God didn't come down there. An angel didn't come down there and open your door when you wasn't looking. Let the pig in. Are you listening? I know, you know, we, like, we don't like to take responsibility sometimes. But, you know, that's where it begins. But the good news is this. If I let him in, I can run him out. That's my house. That ain't the devil's house. That's my house. I don't want no pig in there. I don't want no snake in there. I don't want no spiders in there. I don't want none of that junk in there. I don't want none of that. I don't want no sickness or disease in there. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to take my stand. I'm going to run it out. I'm going to run it out. All right, some action points here before we pray. Any sickness or disease in your body has a name and is attempting to exert death to some degree. Isn't that right? The authority of the name of Jesus is greater than the authority of the name of your sickness and disease. In other words, He has authority to overrule disease in your body. Isn't that right? Sickness and disease attacks your body. Listen, go straight to the Supreme Court of Heaven and get it overruled by the name of Jesus. 
Don't bother with the lesser courts. Go right on up there. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to appeal right on up to the top. Because doesn't the Bible say over there in Hebrews, he says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Use the name of Jesus by speaking to the sickness or disease or using it in the prayer of faith to exert healing authority into your body. And we're going to do that right now. <clears throat> you remember, we, we referred to this before, the, the, the story there about the Roman centurion that came to Jesus, his servant was home, about to die. Remember that story? I'm sure you probably do. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. And remember the, the Roman centurion said, no, Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. And besides that, he says, uh, you don't have to come. I'm a man under authority. I say to this servant, go, and he goes. I say to this servant, come, and he comes. He said, you just, all you got to do is just speak the word. Remember what? Jesus stopped right there, turned around. He said, this is the greatest. I haven't seen faith like this in all the covenant people of Israel. Wow. Now, here's the thing about authority. He said, I'm a man under authority. He said, therefore, I know how to exercise authority. And he says, I say to this one, come, and it comes, and this one to go, and he goes. So you know what we're going to do? We're people under authority. So if you've got sickness in your body, we're going to say to it, go, and it goes. And we're going to say, healing, come, and it comes. Did you get that? Just that's what the centurion said. This is the way of thought. He said, Jesus speaks the word. So we're going to use authority in the name of Jesus. So if you've got any kind of sickness or healing, are needing healing in your body we're going to use the name of Jesus and we're going to say go to what needs to go and come to what needs to come and it's not about how you feel it's not about how spiritual you think you are it's not about how great a faith you've got if you've got faith in the name of Jesus it'll work because you're authorized right now let's just bow your head so everybody can have their privacy now, it's not about my prayer so much as it is about your authority. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as I'm praying here, everyone in this room, if you have sickness in your body, you take authority over it in the name of Jesus, and you tell it to go from your body and from your life. You name it. You call it what it is. If it's cancer, if it's diabetes, if it's high blood pressure, whatever it might be, it's got a name. You tell it to go in the name of Jesus. Father, I add my faith to the faith of my brothers and sisters as we uh, uh, invoke the name and the authority of that name, the name of Jesus. We say to sickness and disease right now to go, and it must go. It must go from our bodies. It must leave our bodies, leave our homes in the name of Jesus. You said whatever we bind is bound. We declare sickness and disease, you're bound and you have to go. You go in Jesus' name. Lord, you said we could call for things. And so we call for healing, the healing that's been supplied by the stripes laid upon Jesus. Healing that is ours by the authority of the name of Jesus. We believe and call for healing to come now into our bodies. 
healing from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Healing, oh God, for our blood, for our, for our heart, for our liver, for whatever it might be. You call it right now, healing. Healing for our blood. Healing for, our, uh, Father, for different organs in our bodies. Right now, we call for healing. The healing power of Jesus into our lives right now. Thank you, Father. Sure. Thank you, Lord. Uh, oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Careful, 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 careful. Father, we just speak the word of, in the name of Jesus over our brother. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Healing come. Healing come now in Jesus' name. Healing come now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Father. 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 Healing. Healing comes. Healing comes in Jesus' name. Healing comes in Jesus' name. <clears throat> All right, now. We, we've done what the Word says to do. Listen to me, everybody. Listen to me. Listen to me. Hello. 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 Okay. We, we, we've done what the Word says to do now. Now, you know what, what we do from here on is we believe. It's not, we don't have to play for an hour. We believe. We act on the authority of the name of Jesus. We laid hands on him and we declare healing comes in Jesus' name. He is recovering. And if you did that this morning in your seat, healing is yours too. Healings come. Healings come. Healings come.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.